It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Break. Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills, the mic, along with Joey Medor, and it's a football Friday right here on the Sports Fan as we get ready. Athens Bulldogs and Western Brown Broncos over on the Power Station, Power 105. We've got Russ Heltman calling into the program. Uh, he'll discuss a little bit about the Bengals and Ravens game and, of course, you know, break down everything that's been going on uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals and it's a, it's a good Friday as we get ready for high school football postseason action. Brad Walker, Heath Clemens again over on Power 105 starting at 6.50 with the kickoff at 7 o'clock. It's a sports fan, 6.07 on the clock on this ninth day of October and 74 degrees and cloudy outside here in southeast Ohio. Sports fan presented by Jane K. Contracting and Joey, you know, we're about... Not an hour away, about, you know, 54 minutes 53 minutes until we get kickoff over in Mount Orb. It's been a long drive for the Bulldogs as they get ready and try to go all the way out uh, and take a two-hour trip. It'll be four hours in the bus total. Uh, but, you know, i got to imagine that those guys are excited and ready to go for the first round of the postseason. Yeah, man, I mean, this is what you've been building up for these first six weeks of uh, the regular season to be ready to play in this game Tonight, you know, they've taken their lumps through the season. And, of course, you know, not the result they wanted in their matchup last week. But, you know, you got to put that behind them. They've had a whole week to implement a game plan here to try to, you know, do something against this Western Brown team. We know about the offense, high-powered, almost average 50 points a game. Uh, but they have been susceptible to giving up points and being in some, some shootouts throughout the season this year. So, hopefully, you know, Athens can figure some things out on offense. Uh, I think trying to establish a run game will be key. I know it's been a, a struggle for them throughout the season this year. But uh, we have seen the games where they have had success. They were able to run the football. So, you know, got a sophomore quarterback in there making his first time actually starting in a game. So we'll see how how, how he fares. You know, it's a, it's a tough situation to be thrown into. But, we, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's the playoffs. You know, everybody has a shot, you know. And just, you know, just be excited to go out there and play because you didn't even know if you were going to have a season before – back in August before all this started, and now you're playing in, a, in an elimination playoff game with a chance to move on to play one of the best teams in the region if you can win this one. Yeah, I mean, if you can get past Western Brown, then you have a real tall task against Bishop Hartley, the two-seed. Uh, but you got to go out there, you got to try your best, and you got to do whatever you can do. Our phone lines are open at 740-592-6646. Talking Athens Bulldogs football all the way up until Russ Helpman calls in around 625, 630. But if you're going to the game, if you are sitting home relaxing, uh, again, that game is going to be on the power station. But we're talking about it right now all the way up until that point. Last week, Landon Wheatley, five completions and nine attempts, 78 yards. Uh, in his first uh, real action underneath center for the Athens Bulldogs, it was uh, not the game that you want to go into. You would hope that you know if you're making your uh, varsity start, if you're back underneath center, you'd hope that you're coming in with the lead and maybe it's garbage time, what have you. But, uh, you know, a very talented team in the Nelsonville York Buckeyes. Uh, Drew Carter, 11 for 21, uh, 237 yards and two touchdown passes. Uh, but you got to move past that. You got to bounce back and you got to get ready for this week. And, you know, for Landon Wheatley, again, 
sophomore quarterback back there, but he's going to get a lot of valuable experience uh, in this game, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, you know, no one anticipated Joey going down in that game last weekend and, you know, Landon having to come in, you know, usually playing receiver throughout most of the season and having to come in to switch the quarterback. And it's just hard to get into a rhythm when, you know, you're you're not anticipating playing the quarterback position all week and then all of a sudden you're just thrown into the fire like that against a very hot, very experienced uh, team that has a first-round bye in a home playoff game in the Nelsonville-York Buckeyes. Uh, you know, they're a very talented team this year. So, you know, definitely a tall ask to uh, try to come in and make something happen in that game that was already kind of slipping away from them at the time that Joey went down with the injury. And then, of course, the second half, they just kind of got boat raced. looked like uh, some some heads dropped and, you know, the game got away from him. But he's had a whole week to, to practice in the system. Hopefully they've, you know, established a game plan against this team. As we said, they seem susceptible to giving up some big plays on defense and a lot of points. Uh, but they are able to score a lot as well. So, uh, you know... It's gonna, I think, gonna be a matter of if Athens can control the clock in this game. I don't think you want to try to get into a shootout with this team because they've been there before this year. Whereas Athens never really had to go out and score 40 to beat a team. You know, the only times they had big, I mean, the only real big blowout victory they had was against Megs, and they only had to score 30 points in that game. Uh, and obviously, it's a much different offense than what Megs had that you're facing tonight. So I think you got to try to control the clock. And uh, just keep the ball out of their potent offense's hands because I feel like if you try to get into a shootout with this team, it, it definitely doesn't favor the Bulldogs. Right. I mean, this is a team that they haven't faced before in school history, so this is going to be a different matchup. You start the history tonight. Um, you know, it, it's tough always trying to figure out, you know, what team's going to do what. If you compare the conferences, if you compare whatever, I mean, unless you really get a, a feel for somebody playing common opponent. Yeah. Yeah, you're not really going to know how they do unless you, know, you kind of match up that same way. Yeah. Um, but you got to go out there and, and, and just do your best. I know a lot of people are you know, concerned about you know, nearly uh, somewhere around, what, 50, 40 points per game for Western Brown, but got to go out there and, and, and do your best. But we got a caller right here on the Sportsman. Caller, you are live. What's going on? It's Russ, my man. Hey, Russ, I wasn't expecting you until 625. How are you? Fantastic. Uh, I thought I'd try to drop in some things. We're here trailheading in Arizona. Get the call, get the fellas the information, get on the hike. But how are we doing? How's the, uh, how's the Friday night? Here? You know, we're doing all right. I mean, the Athens Bulldogs are heading out to Mount Orb today. Uh, so that's their first round of the playoffs. And, of course, you know, at the weird playoffs this year, everybody opts in and gets it. But I know you enjoyed watching Bulldog football during your time here in Athens. And, you know, now you get to watch a little bit more with uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. There you go. It's Joey B. And the uh, Bulldogs head is bottled up. That's right in my, right my old neck of the woods. It's uh, outskirts of Cincinnati right there. But uh, I'm, I'm pulling for the Bulldogs here. No, no hometown love today. <laughs> Well, I mean, this is a big game. We'll, we'll switch over to the Bengals right now. And for Cincinnati, it's a big game against the Ravens. You got the win that you needed to get against the uh, you know the Jacksonville Jaguars. But, you know, the Ravens are by far a better team than Jacksonville and will be a very, very tough task for Burrow and the Bengals to uh, to go out there and do their best. It's uh, the hardest test of the year so far, Connor, I would say. It's, it's been an up and down. One, two, and one start for the Bengals. Finally got Joe Burrow's first career win. Put up the record-breaking performance, another 300-yard game. 
course, it's been uh, set ad nauseum now. First quarterback ever to uh, have three straight 300-yard games as a rookie. He joined Andrew Luck, the first players, and the only players in the last decade to do three games of 300-plus yards in a four-game stretch. So he's playing really well. The offense seemingly coming together a little bit. But this Ravens team is a whole nother beast. But a beast might be a little, a little bit more tame than, than people thought coming into the season. There was, you know, chatter of Ravens going back-to-back 14-2 court seasons, maybe getting 16-0, just running through the AFC. Well, they they, they already uh, met their kryptonite, as Lamar Jackson likes to call them, in the, in the Chiefs early in the year. And that's the same game plan that the Bengals have to employ. Force Lamar Jackson to hit those half-mark throws Take away Mark Andrews, his number one security blanket, and number one basically pass-cutting touchdown threat in the red zone, and then force them to get out of their own game plan. They're, they're weirdly apt to get out of the rushing attack, the best rushing attack in the NFL, as soon as they go down even one score, or especially when they go down 10 points early in ball games, when they should actually just continue to run the ball and continue to pass the only plan when things get desperate later on. But that's the key can't hit those middle passing game and then forcing them to get out of the rushing attack and one dimensional in that sense with just as yeah, now, Russ, you, you talked about Lamar called the Chiefs' his kryptonite, but they, the Bengals have not been his kryptonite, right? In the first three games he's played, he's almost accounted for 1,000 yards, over 300 of them on the ground. Uh, what about this year thinks that they might have a better chance to slow down this uh, read option attack that Lamar has just tore him up with the past couple of years? Well, number one to me is Jermaine Pratt coming in to be kind of that, that yin to Lamar's yang on rushing downs. He comes over actually from the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, that's where he spent his 2019 season. And once again this year, he's a top 20 guy in ESPN. Um, run, run, rush. Basically, so basically, what that means is how often off a uh, rush block. So Bynes has been very, very good in that kind of sense. And then Jermaine Pratt, I, I, I think he's got to show up here. This is where he uh, kind of has to prove his metal and prove that what's left of the Bengals linebacking crew that got destroyed by Lamar Jackson and, and put on the highlight reel, so to speak, in 2019 multiple times can uh, can defend themselves. And, and be up to the task this year. There's a lot of new faces there, uh, Bynes being the most important linebacker and crew, and then Don Bell as well to be that extra kind of defender in the box, kind of freewheeling roamer for Lamar Jackson. He was one of the better rush, def- uh, rush defenders at the safety position in 2019, played very well so far. And getting back Mackenzie Alexander, hopefully, and then Gene Atkins confirmed to play Sunday, now making his season day, will all obviously always boost when you can get players of that caliber back into the starting lineup, no matter how many uh, potential snaps they're able to provide. Right. Now, switching back over to the offensive side of the ball, you, you, you mentioned what the Chiefs did to Lamar, but something that Washington and Kansas City both did was they utilized the, the kind of Ravens' aggressiveness against them. A lot of screen plays that popped off for, uh, for some big plays because you know the Ravens blitz more than anybody else in the NFL. They like to draw up some exotic schemes. So I think what the plan should be, for the Bengals this year is to get the ball out quickly to guys like Mixon, maybe to Boyd on a quick screen, because that's when the big plays have come against this defense so far this year. What do you think about that that kind of assessment? I'm right there with you, Joe. The, the addition of Joe Mixon into the passing game this past week was fantastic. The, getting him involved in screens, they had six targets, led the running back room in targets, 30 yards, had 31 touches overall. That's the biggest key to me is 
like you mentioned, getting the ball to your best. Tyler Boyd, I don't think you know this right now, but he has been a top five safety, or not safety, top five receiver, top five player at his position in the eyes of pro football focus in almost every major uh, efficiency metric for receivers. So he's a guy that you have to feed and get him a lot of touches so he can maximize those yards per catch. And then Joe Mixon, like we just, like I just said, 181 yards last week, uh, one of five players to pull off that type of performance at the running back spot in the past 10 years uh, by having 180-plus rushing yards, the 30 receiving yards, and then two rushing touchdowns tossed in a uh, receiving touchdown as well. Get your best playmakers. The ball has to be plan number one. And, again, we're talking with Russ Helpman, Sports Illustrated, all Bengals, uh, does a nice job reporting on the Bengals you know, all, all season long. And, uh, Russ, you mentioned a little bit trying to get involved. you got Boyd, who's the, the star uh, wide receiver at this point, ranking top five in the PFF, uh, pro football focus. But, you know, the guy that a lot of people over the past couple of years has been the number one receiver has been A.J. Green. Is it time now to move on from Green, or do you still think that there's a chance that A.J. Green has a little left in the tank to show uh, for the rest of his career? It's tough, Connor. It's, it's been a really, really tough experience watching A.J. Green, one of my favorite players growing up. And sadly, this is a thing I kind of foresaw coming. If, if anybody wants to go check out the article on allbangles.com, you can get my archives from, I think it was back in early July, late June entitled, uh, Is the Cliff, the Proverbial Cliff, Coming for A.J. Green? Fellas, it seems like he's diving headfirst into the deep end because he is last in the in the NFL in, yard, in um, separation rate among wide receivers right now, according to NFL Next Gen. He is averaging two to three miles per hour less as a top speed on his routes in the 20 season when you compare those route speeds to 2015 and 2018. What does that mean? Well, he just doesn't have that top fifth gear that you need right now. And it's it's really been the biggest issue and the only mass massive issue playmaking-wise for the Bengals' offense is the lack of a deep threat. A.J. Green was supposed to be that guy or John Ross was supposed to be that guy. Neither of them have showed up or performed to expectations. And it's the biggest reason why Joe Burrow, as of right now, has only completed one pass over 20 yards down the field. Uh, it seems like there's a little bit of a growing trend between the, the older players, maybe the guys who have stayed on the Bengals for a little bit too long. Uh, you know, earlier this week, you know, the Bengals kind of demoted a little bit. Carlos Dunlap, their defensive end, uh, so he, he thinks that he's going to be primarily used as an edge rusher on third down against Baltimore, and that's a, a demoted role for a guy who's been here for a little while. Another tough situation, Connor. It's, it's, it's guys that led the beginning of the decade and really provided the massive spark that helped Cincinnati pull off five straight playoff berths. But Carlos Dunlap, once again, I think he might be reaching the end of the line a little bit. It's not not to say he's done it. He's got the same kind of issue last year and put up the best second half arguably in the NFL in 2019. But beginning of 2020, he is. Bottom two on the defensive end rotation and pass rush, uh, pass rush productivity. He's a guy that's just not getting pressure on the quarterback at a high rate anymore. And on top of that, the run defense has slipped a little bit. And uh, in congruence with his run defense slipping, the run defense of Carl Lawson has improved massively. That's the biggest thing that he's had to deal with in terms of a lack of playing time in his young career is not being able to stay on the field in the first and second down because he can't defend against one phase of the opposing offense. That's gotten a lot better and it's forced Carlos Dunlap to have a little bit of a reckoning at this point in his career. And, Russ, uh, taking a look at the offensive line, right? I mean, still 
a lot of questions. Obviously, the sacks and hurries were down last week, but, you know, still over 10 quarterback hits, right? That's still a problem. And with a team like Baltimore that will bring the house on any down, any situation, uh, you know, how do you feel about how the O-line could possibly hold up against this team, you know, going into this Sunday? Intrigued. Very intrigued, Joey. What does this high-heavy blitz scheme, uh, how does this compare with Joe Burrow, who has been a top-ten quarterback against the blitz, grading-wise, by PFF this season? Are they going to be able to put the pass protection down to be able to defend against that blitz, or is Giovanni Bernard going to have to supplant him because of his more uh, more powerful pass-blocking or pass-blocking prowess? So. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be a, a chess match between Jim Turner and, uh, and Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens. Alex Redman was okay to not great in his first appearance with, back with the Bengals in 2020. 54 overall grade was bottom three among offensive linemen. So obviously there's only five offensive linemen, but he was on the worst half of the offensive line. Even saying that, the two weeks prior, the right guard spot put up a 31 and a 32 right around that overall grade. If you're getting 22 points higher in production, that's going to help your offensive line just carry that much more efficiency. So if he can be 55-plus type of type of production, a average to a little bit below average to mediocre right guard, then this offensive line is going to be able to play and, uh, and, and have the nastiness that Alex Redmond brings when he's playing at a decent level, and they'll be able to move the football a little bit. But if, if Redmond really starts to tail off and they find some of the keys uh, offensively, the rings do, that, that he showed on tape this week, and they just destroyed him right up the pipe with those uh, in, inside gap blitzes, it's going to be a tough day for Joe Burrow. Right, and, you know, the Ravens are a team that, uh, since Lamar has kind of taken over as the quarterback, they're a team that kind of smells blood in the water, right? When they get up on a team, they don't let you back in the game, and they can really run up the scoreboard. So as, if you're Zach Taylor as the head coach, right, and you get down a couple touchdowns in this game, you know, what are you telling your guys to try to you know, stay in it? Because this Ravens team, they, they really can run it up on you if they, uh, if they get up a couple touchdowns on you. Just look at number nine, sitting there on the bench. Dapping everybody up, telling everybody to stay, keep their head in the game. That's all you got to tell those players. He's shown every single week so far in his young NFL career. He showed every single week a shoe. He's never going to One, two minutes now at the end of half so far this year that he hasn't turned into points. The end of the game in week one when Randy Bullock yanked his calf up and, and they, they choked away the football game because he missed a short field goal. Other than that, Joe Burrow has let his team down in key high-pressure situations every single time he's been asked to do it. And it's obviously, I think, going to be the big reason why this team starts to believe and starts to shock some people down the line. And maybe he will even start to do that this weekend. Joe Burrow is a top-ten quarterback in the NFL. When you have one of those players and have competent play calling and a decent showing from the players and supporting cast around him, you can beat anybody, any football team, anywhere, anytime. I mean, it's always encouraging when uh, the stats are backing up Joe Burrow. Uh, I mean, top 10 quarterback. I mean, as a rookie, that, that's pretty good. And what Zach Taylor has said about him in press conferences and even teammates is that they really do not view him as a rookie. You know, they, they view him as a guy who has a lot of experience, uh, but just really hasn't started a whole lot of games. I mean, he uh, he brings that experience with him. He, he brings that mentality with him. And it's kind of rubbing off on, onto the entirety of the Bengals team. Uh, you got to be impressed with the way that not only the way he has played, but with the way that people have talked about him on his team. 
100%, Connor. It's been really impressive to see his leadership skills so far through the uh, the the turmoil the in the off season, the way he handled all that, just everything going on. He's done a spectacular job, and it's uh, it's obviously I think been a very good shining light for obviously all the listeners right now hitting home close to home in Southeast Ohio, one of their own, uh, really supporting and representing the area in a good light. All right, now Russ, I got to ask you, you you. You seem to think this game will be closer than uh, what the line says, at least. I mean, right now, Baltimore's favored by two touchdowns. Uh, you know, just trying to gauge, wh- wh- what's your prediction for this game? I mean, uh, you know, it sounds like you're giving the Bengals an outside shot to maybe pull off a shocker here. I'd say 36-30 Ravens in this game. Bengals pull, pull close near the end, but the Ravens put together a couple salt-away drives on the ground and, uh, and make, it too clo- or make it too tough on uh, Joe Burrow and the offense to overcome. The defense guy is still, I think, a little bit away from being able to truly contain this Ravens defense, or there's this Ravens offense. And when you have rookie linebackers, I don't really care who they are, honestly, going up against a talent like Lamar Jackson. Those guys have played markedly well in Davis Gaither and Logan Wilson, but they have not even come close to experiencing the talent um, with his feet like Lamar Jackson has. So, Russ, if you're going to make a prediction about this game, where do you see it going? What's the score? 36-30, Ravens. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty close game, too. Yeah, it'll be a, that's, a, that's a fun, entertaining game. Bengals fans will enjoy that, I think. I think so. Yeah, I, mean, I think, you know, especially the Ravens fans sitting next to me, you know, would enjoy the 36 points <laughs> there. Uh, still get the win. Maybe he believes it's going to be a little bit you know, more of a blowout than that, but. Yeah, difference of opinion. The Bengals are going to put up some points, I think. Uh, the Ravens' defense has shown uh, a little bit of a, uh, you know, they're aggressive have burned them so far this year, and uh, Martindale hasn't exactly figured out how to uh, manage uh, the differences between when you should attack and when you should sit back and just uh, sit back in coverage and keep the play in front of you. So I think that's going to be uh, an advantage to the Bengals. Joe's been really good at getting the ball out quick this year, this year and, uh, you know, the Ravens are going to bring it. So I do see uh, a high-scoring affair, but I don't think – as Russ has alluded to, I don't think this defense is ready to slow down Lamar. I mean, people think they had a bad week last week. They had 31 points. So, yeah, it'll be a, a hopefully a close game. Definitely a good game to listen to. Joe and Lamar Jackson, you know, going at it tomorrow or Sunday at one o'clock. Of course, that pregame will be at 11:30 right here on 970 WATH. And Russ, appreciate you taking the time out of your day, calling in, talking little bangles and. As we get closer and deeper on into the season, you have more exciting football yet to come. Enjoy talking with you, fellas. Y'all have a great night. Thanks, Russ. Again, that was Russ Helpman, Sports Illustrated, allbangles.com. It does a nice job covering Cincinnati. Uh, and, you know, again, he said it at the beginning, asked him the question about uh, A.J. Green, and he kind of foresaw it at the beginning of the year. Maybe not would have liked to see A.J. Green drop off in production, but still. Uh, does does a lot of nice work he, for all's Bengals. You think? I mean, it's a lot of points in an NFL game, thirty-six to thirty. That's uh, you know, it's been what we've been seeing a lot this year, a lot of high-scoring games. But then just turn to the Thursday night game last night, just twenty to nineteen, and I'm pretty sure people thought the Bucks would put up a lot of points on the Bears. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, it's quite a take, thirty-six thirty. That's a uh, not as close as I would uh, predict, but well. I'm- you never know. I mean, against the Browns, right? You saw what the Browns did against. Now the defense is different, but against the Browns, it was thirty-five thirty, and the Ravens beat the Browns thirty-eight to six. We will see.
We'll see if it's a close game. Right now, we got a little bit of a break. We'll get back to Athens and Western Brown on the other side. And, of course, your phone calls at 740-592-6646. It's a sports fan presented by J&K Contracting. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. When there's something strange lurking under your bed. Who are you going to call? Dustbusters! Athens Dustbusters are a licensed, bonded, husband and wife team that offer up top-of-the-line janitorial services at great prices, and they serve commercial and residences across Southeast Ohio. As the seasons change, don't worry about the cleanup. Call Athens Dustbusters at 740-541-7113 for a free quote. But don't just take our word about the Athens Dustbusters. Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm John. And we're Athens Dustbusters, and we will bust your dust. Join us each week for AutoSmarts. You'll never know who will show up. Jay Leno, welcome to AutoSmarts. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Tom Garlitz, thanks for everything. Thank you so much. Bill Engvall. And Bill, how are you today, sir? I'm doing just great. The one and only Carl Edwards joins us today. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing really good, and uh, thank you for having me on. This is cool. So come on. Join in the fun. That's AutoSmarts. Friday afternoons at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. It's the Sports Fan right here on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Mills and Mike along with Joe Up until 7 o'clock, we have the full Sports Fan for you today. We only got one football game on our airwaves and that's over on wxtq power 105 if you can't find it turn that dial over to 105.5 fm or online at wxtq.com backslash power 105 you can hear that game live 650 pregame with brad walker and heath clemens as they're all the way out in mount orib as they're ready to go and call that game and hopefully the bulldogs are ready to go and play that game uh of course we talked about it before russ helpman Joined the program and talked a little Cincinnati Bengals and the uh, the Ravens, but uh, you know back to the Bulldogs is I'm sure you know the uh, Cincinnati game can wait a little bit until Sunday, but the immediate game right now is the uh, Bulldogs and Broncos. Uh, you know it's again another tough situation for Athens because they lose their quarterback that they've had for the past two years, and you know if this is the last game for Joey Moore. Uh, Joey Moore went 232 for 403,402 yards or a 58% completion, uh, 33 passing touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and his longest was 82 yards. Uh, you know, it, it would be a, and you'd have to imagine, you know, as the season goes along and, you know, nothing's guaranteed after this point, uh, you know, that it could have been Joey Moore's last game. Not the way you want to end it, but hopefully, you know, there's some 
football in his future because he could really sling it around on the football field. Yeah, he's a, one of the most talented players in the area for sure and uh, could definitely play the next level. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate what happened. Obviously, you know, you always give Athens an outside shot if you got Joey Moore in the ball game just because of uh, his ability as a dual threat to run it and t take over the game running and throwing the football. He's very efficient. Uh, he's doing a good job not turning the ball over this year, only threw a couple interceptions. But, uh, yeah, unfortunate that they uh, have to go into this game without the without their field general. And also, you know, you got to think about the fact that uh, his impact on defense, the safety position, he was one of the team's leading tacklers throughout the season, so you're missing that as well in a game where you're playing an offense that, uh, you know, no one's really had any success slowing him down uh, throughout their six regular season games. But, yeah, it's interesting. Athens going for their first playoff win since 2014. I think it would be Western Brown's first ever in their school history. Uh, so that's kind of cool. There's going to be a lot of firsts for these teams just because of the fact that uh, – Everyone got to make the postseason this year. And, of course, Athens, of course, on the road, but Western Brown gets a chance to host a playoff game. And we're seeing other teams around the area. You know, Vinton County gets to have a home playoff game. I think Wellston will, will get to have one because they're the eighth seed. And so some of these teams where they're not usually in a spot where they're going to be in the top four in their respective regions because those are the only teams that get at least a home playoff game. They do get them this year because of the fact of the uh, expanded postseason due to the coronavirus and things like that. Right. Which um – you know, it's always good to see you know the teams get the the home field advantage, especially for Trimble. I mean, in Region 27 this year, Tomcats are the number one overall seed, and then in Region, uh, what is that, 23 for Nelsonville York, uh, you know, getting the sixth seed, they get a home football game in the postseason. You know, it's not every year that you get to have this this home field advantage, and should you keep it uh, in the Tomcat situation, you have that all the way up until the regional finals. So even the regional semifinals would be played on your home turf. That regional finals, you go to a neutral site, and then, of course, the semifinals and the finals, and those sites are yet to be determined because you know, the OHSAA still, with everything going around, does not have an idea where those games would be played. But you know, the, for the home games, yes, you have a little bit of a travel consideration. Yes, you got the Bulldogs going all the way out to Mount Orb. It would have happened in a regular season anyway. Um, but you do have you know, a lot of travel between the teams, but you, you get to experience that home field advantage. Unfortunately, you don't get the crowds there, but you still get to play in front of your, your home fans. You get your everything. You get your locker room. I mean, there's a lot of familiarity that could help you and benefit you as you make your postseason run. And for Athens, that, that's why this, this two-hour trip is going to be a little bit more difficult because, you know, you're in a place that you haven't been in school history. You are going against a team that, you know, as Joey said, has not made the postseason. Uh, so I believe this is the first time for Mount uh, for Western Brown to make it. And got to go out there and just do your best. That That's all you can really ask for. And that's one thing I think that should stick. Obviously, you're not going to put everybody in the playoffs uh, every, for every year for the rest of the time uh, once we get past this virus and things like that. But I do like... How and it was always weird to me when I first got here how you only get one home playoff game. You know, I just I understand for championship games making a neutral site that's fair. Regional championship should be then once you get to the final four, the states and things like that, you can have those neutral site. But I think I mean it just adds more value to getting the trying to play and beat everybody, get the top seed. You get home field advantage all through the postseason until you get to a, a championship game. That's how I think it should be. I I I always thought the one you only get the one home playoff game was a uh, was a little weird. I. So I do like this year the fact that you're going to continue to have that home field advantage if you're a top seed all the way till 
the uh, the regional final. I think that's something that you could think about sticking because it just makes trying to win every game that much more important. I mean, think about the NFL. Everybody's trying to play all 16 weeks because they want to get the top seed, so they have not only a bye week but the home playoff game throughout the uh, all the way until you get to the Super Bowl. It, it provides a great advantage, and you should have that advantage. That's why you're the number one seed. You establish yourself as the best one. So I think that that is something they should consider, you know, keeping around because I really do like the fact that if you earn a top two or three seed that you get to play main mo- most of your playoff games at home. I think that's how it should be. Well, and also that also uh, it reduces the costs, right, because less neutral site places – now, people who used to host those games might not be in favor of that because that brings in you know, another fan base. Let's say uh, they're done with their season. You get the concession sales. I think all ticket sales go to the OHSAA, but uh, for concession and stuff, uh, it helps out the, the host site, and you get more people going to the host site. So I don't know if uh, the people who used to host would be in favor, but, I mean, I'd just say, listen, you get that home field advantage, and like you were talking about, you know, it's – beneficial for that number one seed or those higher seeds because then you know the, the regular season their computer points they've earned it they can stay there and then once you get into the big meaningful games you know the regional semifinals the regional finals the uh state semifinals you know those games are, are neutral site games uh, but it, it is a nice little twist here in this 2020 season uh of course tonight we'll be keeping an eye on monroe central and strasburg franklin depending on which which team wins in the 16-17 seed game is the uh, the team that Trimble will go on to face next Friday. And then on Saturday for the Nelsonville-York Buckeyes, Buckeyes are waiting on and will figure out you know, who they will have. I think it's Willowwood, Sims Valley, and uh, Chillicothe Southeastern. So the 11 seed or the 22 seed, you got to imagine the 11 seed, Willowwood, Sims Valley would advance and be the opponent next Saturday, but you got to wait and see. Uh, and we, we learn that tomorrow because that's uh, Division 6, and Division 6 plays on Saturday. Right. But right now, I mean, it's full steam ahead for Athens. As they are out, they're ready, and they're, uh, they're warming up. Of course, Brad Walker and, again, Heath Clemens over on the call. Heath stepping in for Matt Frazee, and if Athens continues throughout the postseason, you know, Frazee will get back into the broadcast booth, but he had a prior obligation for this week uh so he'll he's perfectly healthy and will be ready to go should athens advance um but again you can hear that game on power 105 uh we got sports talk over on this station we got a sports broadcast coming up over on the the other station even though we're a music station so it's uh it's exciting times as uh, as we get ready for the ohsaa postseason but We'll take another short break right here on the Sports Fan. On the other side, we'll wrap it up. We'll head into the weekend, and we will look for uh, you know, best for the teams out here in Southeast Ohio and keep you updated on what happens. This is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the Sports Fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH.
This is Ken Ryan. I'm running for probate and juvenile judge of Athens County. Since 1992, I've served Athens County in many ways. I've been a public school teacher for 12 years, government official and attorney for children, the elderly, and mentally ill. I've represented 115 children in juvenile court alone. After 28 years of service and more than 1,000 cases in probate and juvenile court, I've developed a level of experience that is unmatched in this race. Cast your vote for the experience choice. Paid for by Ken Ryan for Judge. Introducing Wendy's new pretzel bacon pub cheeseburger. With a pretzel bun, bacon, beer cheese, and a quarter pound of fresh, never frozen beef, nothing will distract you from your mission to have one. Not even your garage door. Which was clearly in the way. The Pretzel Bacon Pub Cheeseburger. Only at Wendy's. Download the app to order ahead and get some Wendy's rewards. Approximate wait before cooking. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S. on Alaska and Canada. Ever participating Wendy's for a limited time. Wendy's app registration required. Quality. You hear that word a lot in commercials, but there's one business in town whose quality and prices are unsurpassed. I'm talking about Minuteman Press on Washington Street right next door to the Donkey Cafe. Uptown. You see, Minuteman Press is a hybrid. First, it's a full-service sheet-fed press where they can create great art to meet your needs that the other places are simply unable to do. And they're also a complete copy shop as well. Minuteman Press on Washington between Court and Congress. 5937393. That's 5937393. What in the world is going on now? Find out every weekday at 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. on the World News Roundup from CBS News Radio and on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. My son Aiden has asthma. Secondhand smoke has triggered his asthma so bad to the point where he had to end up in the emergency room. And he has spent multiple nights in intensive care. Now he's on a whole bunch of medications. My tip to you is, don't be shy to tell people not to smoke around your kids. Four out of 10 U.S. kids are exposed to secondhand smoke. If you or someone you know wants free help to quit smoking, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. It's the Sports Fan right here on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. A football Friday right here on the Sports Fan and our phone lines are open at 740-592-6646. The big game going on in about 10 minutes. Or even less, they got six minutes until Brad and Heath Clemens hit the airwaves over on Power 105. Uh, so that's an exciting game for Athens and the Western Brown Broncos. Broncos are at four and two on their regular season. Athens with a two and three record. It's a year that you know, if we had the computer points here, Joey, that they would not. I think they would not have made it, uh, you know, in, into the postseason. But with everybody having the chance. And you know, especially when we talked to Coach Nathan White earlier on uh, on the sports fan a couple weeks ago, you know, he said, why not? You know, why, why wouldn't you opt in to the postseason? Uh, so they, they put that to the test tonight. Yeah, I mean, that season definitely wasn't trending towards uh, the playoffs at, at sitting at a 2-3 and three record with uh, 
you know, a loss to VC in a lower in a lower division and Marietta loss like that probably didn't wouldn't have helped out either. And of course, you know, you look at the Alexander game, only winning that one by seven points. So yeah, I mean, I think it's safe to say if uh, we had a normal season that a playoff berth was not looking likely. But you know, we're not in a normal season, and uh, you have that chance to go out there and play this team tonight and uh you know you you hold the postseason experience over them this is Athens seventh time being in the postseason why it's only western browns uh first so you do have that you have a coach nathan white who's been there before uh in these big moments not exactly as a head coach but at least as an offensive coordinator so he's gonna be ready uh he's been there before he's coached in playoff football you know it, it, it's all different and we were kind of alluding to it earlier but sometimes and i've seen it a few times where you get these, and obviously Western Browns are 15, so it's a little different, but in a normal year, you got eight teams, and you get these undefeated top one or two seeds, right? And you see, you look who they play, they just blow out everybody. They're scoring 50 points, giving up seven, and there's, you know, kind of beating the mess at every team they face. But then they get into a playoff game against a seven seed, and the game is, you know, 14-14 heading to the fourth quarter. And you look at that, and you're like, well, what's going on here? You know, these guys blew out everybody all season, and that's because in the playoffs, first of all, Sometimes the, the conference discrepancy is huge uh, when it comes to these teams, right? You know, sometimes, you know, you're, you're a solid team, but you play in a tough conference, so you go, you know, 7-3 and three and sneak in at the back end of the playoffs, and then you have this team that goes 10-0, and 0, but they don't really play in a, in a tough conference at all, and they just roll all season, and all of a sudden they're in a place where they've never been before. And uh, Western Brown hasn't been in too many close games this year. Athens has. Uh, and Athens has been very good in the second half of games, trying to battle back, except the Nelsonville-York game. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Western Brown, we don't know too much about them besides the fact they, got a, they score a lot of points and they give up a lot of points. Um, so we're going to see if uh, Athens can hang with them tonight. Well, yeah, we'll see. And, you know, that game, there was a Twitter notification that got sent out about the game, and uh, it is sold out for its capacity uh, so what what is the capacity? Fifteen twenty percent of its normal operating capacity there. Yeah. So it's somewhere in that ballpark, and you know that game has been sold out. If you were interested in going to that game, well, it'd be a little bit late if I you're on your say, way now. I mean, if you're heading over now, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I mean, you might not even get the game if you start driving now. Uh, You'll pr- you might catch the last few minutes there, the uh, the fourth quarter. Right. Or I mean, it, it, the easier route right now is just you know, flip over to one hundred five. But, you know, we still got you here for the sports fan, taking you all the way up until that game. And, again, uh, you got to switch the uh, – turn the dial a little bit or flip it over on your Internet browser or what have you. Um, but then the next couple weeks, you know, we, we got some good sports coming our way. Uh, you know, Buckeyes are coming back. The uh, Ohio Bobcats are coming back. Uh, and then, you know, we got Trimble and Nelsonville, York on a Friday, Saturday. And the high school games will be over on WXDQ Power 105. So if you're interested in figuring out what station to flip to there, uh, you know, both the Friday and the Saturday game, because we're able to do both games, uh, they'll be over on 105. Um, and myself and Heath Clemens will go out and, and call those games and be ready to go and bring you Tomcat football, bring you Buckeye football uh, as far as they go into the postseason. Uh, taking a look at other stories around the area right now. Uh, you know, nothing really going except for, you know, Cincinnati Ravens big game. Uh, Browns defensive tackle Ojinobi uh, will be Ogunjobi. out. O- Ogunjobi. Ogunjobi. It literally sounded out. It's literally how it looks. It is. <laughs> Ogunjobi. Uh, he's out Sunday against the Colts with an injury. Uh, 
He had an abdominal injury, and he's been a dominant up front for the Browns who lead the NFL with 11 takeaways. He got hurt in the win over Dallas and did not practice this week. Rookie Jordan Elliott will take Ogunjobi's spot. Uh, the Browns could also be without starting safety Carl Joseph, who hurt his hamstring in practice and is questionable. Quarterback Greedy Williams still hasn't been cleared with a shoulder injury uh, sustained back in August. Um, for the Browns, this is a big game for them. I think it's a big test for Cleveland because, of course, you know, all right, Dallas, that was a good win for them. I mean, Dak Prescott has proven he's, he's a good starting quarterback, uh, especially this year, thrown for over 400 yards in a couple games. Uh, but that Dallas Cowboy defense is, is not good. Uh, the, the running offense for the Browns have been pretty good all season long. Of course, you're going to be at, without Nick Chubb, uh, but you still have Kareem Hunt. You still have a lot of talent on that offense, and uh, it's a pretty stout defense for the Colts, and it's going to lead up to another close game. But Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, Cleveland's uh, pretty banged up on the defensive side of the ball this year. Uh, they, of course, they lost Delpit in the offseason. They've been having injuries left and right. Now you lose a guy like Ogan Joby. Of course, Greedy Williams is hurt, as you just mentioned. Uh, and the defense is not good, um, to say the least. Uh, I know they've got the 3-1 and one record, but, you know, you look at the points they've given up this year, 38-30, you have 20 to the football team, and then 38 more this uh, this past week. The defense has not been what has led them to this 3-1 and one start. It's been the rushing attack and the offense, and Mayfield has made some throws here and there when he's had to. He still hasn't really been anything too special, kind of a game manager at this point, but it's led to victories. So it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, the Colts' offense hasn't been – Firing on all cylinders at all. It's been the defense. They've allowed the fewest points in the league so far this season. But, you know, only 19 points against the Bears last week. Uh, you know, they lost to the Jags early on in the season. So, it's, yeah, it is an interesting matchup. The Colts defense and the Bron and the Browns offense is going to be what the, the main focal point is here. I mean, we've seen if the Browns are able to run the football, they can put up some points and be up there with anybody. But, you know, they just have so many injuries on the defense side of the ball. Even the you know, struggling offense with like the Colts have with an, an aging Phillip Rivers and not too much talent on the offense. I mean, they got Jonathan Taylor. He's kind of been the workhorse so far, of course, out of Wisconsin. Uh, he's getting around 30 touches a game at the running back position as a rookie uh, due to uh, Melvin Mack getting hurt earlier in the season. But no one on the outside is really too special for, for the Colts right now. But their defense can keep them in any ball game. And, uh, you know, so we'll see. This is probably Cleveland's biggest task to date besides the Ravens week one, but they got boat race in that one. So this is a chance to, if you want to show everybody that you're a real team, you know, don't beat, don't beat a struggling Cowboys team. Don't beat up on the Bengals. Bengals don't beat up on, uh, you know, uh, who was their other win against? Jacksonville? Or no, uh, you're talking about the Browns. Um, who did they? Uh, Washington. Washington. Yeah, yeah, you know, Washington. Don't beat Washington by two scores. Go on and... Yep. We'll see what to do against a team that looks like they're favored to win their division, right? Because the last team you played that looked like they were favored to win their division, they lost by 32. So this is going to be uh, a measuring stick game for the Browns, to say the least. Well, the one big concern I'd say about the Browns, again, you heard about the defense. Uh, but really, you know, their whole defense really hasn't been astounding. Uh, it's just really been Miles Garrett who's been carrying the workload. He's been putting pressure on the quarterbacks. He leads the NFL with five sacks. And you know, outside of him, the defense really has, again, has not been impressive. And it allowed the Cowboys to come back in that game. You know, it allowed, uh, I, th I think, what, Joe Burrow 
passed for 300 yards, 300 plus against the Browns. Defense. Yeah, those were some gar- there were some garbage time stats in that one though. There was, I mean, but still the defense gave up a lot of yardage, and it, whether it be Burrow, whether it be Prescott, whether it be no, whoever absolutely. that they're they're playing they're, against, they're giving up 400 yards a game. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of astounding that they're three and one. Yeah, I mean, that just goes to show how talented the offense has been uh, to to go out there and and win those shootouts. Uh, but I mean, the the bright spot has been Miles Garrett. You know, and he has been worth, you know, the money that he's he's being paid. He is the guy that you know they have counted on on defense. And again, he leads the NFL in sacks right now with five. Uh, he's getting through the offensive line. He's getting hits, and he's rattling quarterbacks. And yeah, that, that's exactly what you need from your star defensive end. Yeah, well, they made him the highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL at the time. They signed him for for a reason. I mean, the guy's. He's a game wrecker, and uh, not only when he does he get back there and get hits on the quarterback, he goes for the ball. He's got three or four strip sacks so far this season as well. I mean, he's just a beast up front, and really the only bright spot, as you mentioned, you've seen from the defense this year. I mean, you know, they're 3-1. and one. They they actually they average 31 points a game, and they average giving up 31.5 points a game. That's why it's so incredible to think about how they have a 3-1 and one record at this point in the season. And, you know, uh, it, I understand Cleveland fans are very happy to be three and one for the first time since like 2001, which is, I mean, pathetic to think about altogether. But um, you know, it's a long season. You're only a quarter way through it. I remember a quarter way through last year, they were two and two at the top of the division, just beat the Ravens, and you know, you would have thought they just won the Super Bowl, right? And then look what happened the rest of the year. They won four more games, uh, ended up going six and ten. So it's a long way to go. Your defense. Uh, when you play some actual good teams, the defense is going to be an issue. You're going to run into teams that can stop the run as well, and they haven't really had to do that yet. The Colts can do that. So we're going to see how they fare in this matchup. It's a tough game to pick, I feel like, because, um, you know, I don't know how much stock I hold in the Colts. I mean, I know they're 3-1 and one as well, but their three wins are, you know, the Vikings, the Jets, and the Bears. They lost to the Jaguars week one. Yeah. No, no team that they've beaten is really, you know, sh- shown to be that impressive throughout the uh, first four weeks of the season. So it's a, it's a good matchup there. I feel like uh, the line's only one, so it's basically a pick game there. Uh, that's one I would probably stay away from if I was a gambling man on that one. Well, all right, so how about I'll ask you this question. Are the Bears a good football team? Because Chicago put, yes, one of the wins for, for the Colts are, are, are the Bears this year, like you said, and, you know, very close win by Nick Foles to defeat Tom Brady last night. The uh, Buccaneers defense defeated Tom Brady last night. <laughs> well, yeah, that. Or, excuse me, the Bears defense defeated Tom Brady last night. True. No, the Bears, uh, they, got a, they have a defense that's pretty solid. But other than that, I mean, they have literally nothing on the offensive side of the ball that, that, that really worries you. I mean, Foles, you know, as a game manager at best, he had 5.8 yards in attempt last night. They only ran for 33 yards as an offense. I mean, if they don't force the strip sack, and of course they did, that's why the defense is what they are. But if they don't get that fumble late in the second half to go up uh, 14-13 at the halftime, I think you look at a very different game last night. Uh, the Buccaneers' offense just kind of went to sleep there in the second half. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Bears, you know, another 3-1 and one team that have, I think, benefited from a pretty weak schedule early on. Yeah. And to... Uh you know, wrap up you know, professional sports as they uh, continue on. Also in the postseason, MLB, we had both Ohio teams in there, but took uh, early exits uh, with Cincinnati and Cleveland. Couldn't even uh, get a win. 
No. Swept by the Yankees were the uh, were the Indians two nothing in that series for the wild card series. Swept by the Atlanta Braves, uh, but both teams are still playing. That that beat them. Uh, Braves go to the NLCS. The Yankees and uh, Blue Jays or the uh, the Rays, Tampa Bay Rays, are uh, tied at two. Whoever wins tonight will advance into ALCS to face yeah, the the team that of course everybody thought was going to be there, the Houston Astros. But Dusty Baker at the helm, the 71-year-old's manager. Uh, you know, probably not the team that a lot of people thought would be you know, at, in the ALCS, especially since you know, cheating scandal and everything else that happened with them uh, that was revealed in the offseason. Oh, so you're one of those who believe they were only good because they cheated. Well, no, I, not, they don't have a loaded roster or anything. It helped. <laughs> listen, they have a very talented roster, and they you know, used or abused the system and it's easier when you know what ball is being pitched. You know, it's easier when you know what's coming your way. But they do have talent. I will say that uh, Springer, of course, has done really well so far in this postseason. Uh, but Houston advances over the Athletics 3-1 to one in the ALDS into the ALCS. Uh, and then, of course, Yankees and the Rays tonight, uh, which should be a, a good game, too. But... But the MLB is still going through the postseason. OHSAA postseason starts tonight. And, of course, again, if you haven't heard it earlier on in the broadcast, it is the Athens Bulldogs taking on the Western Brown Broncos. Uh, that game is about two minutes away from starting, making a minute now at 6.59 on the clock right here at the studios at WATH. Join Brad Walker and Heath Clemens. They've got you over on our power station, 105.5. And for Joey Medor, this is Connor Mills signing off right here on the Sports Fan. Appreciate you listening to us all week long. We come back your way 6.06 on Monday. A lot of high school football coming up in the next couple weeks. CBS News is next at the top of the hour. Again, thanks for joining us on the Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting.